Today, we have a very special edition of the Christian Car Guy Show. And no one can say it really any better than the Cave of Wonders. Seek ye out the diamond in the rough. <laughs> you see, the ability to find a diamond in the rough is an amazing way to take care of your family, isn't it, Jerry? Oh, absolutely. And just got to keep looking. And on today's show, we're going to give you all sorts of examples of that, whether you're a used car manager or you're finding that car for your family. You see, just to share a short diamond in the rough story, then I'm hoping you guys will call in a little bit later with your story at 866-348-7884. But years ago, I was fired, man. I lost my job and I was destitute. And back in those days when you were in the car business and you were fired, you also lost your driver because, you know, we all had demos. That meant I had no car, I had no job, and all I had to spend was about $600. So searching and for searching for something, all I could find, I had no job, I had no car, <laughs> was this beat-up old Pontiac Le Mans. And it was not the Pontiac Le Mans you may be picturing, but there was a, a Korean Pontiac Le Mans, this little hatchback. It was an ugly car. I'm it was a faded red color. It had a bashed-up hood. It was riding on one of the donuts. You know, <laughs> are you beginning to picture this car? It had two hubcaps, but it ran good, Jerry. And here's where my father's training on how to recondition a used car it paid off huge, because you know it wasn't with a few weeks I had a job because the car would get me there. And then, you know, I spent a little time. I reconditioned it, and a true story, I sold that car for more than three times what I paid for it including all the money, with very little money, actually, I used to recondition it. And the, the thing of it is, the car was worth it when I got done with it, Jerry. I mean, the paint was horribly faded, but a little bit of wax can work wonders. Hey, a little bit of work, and it's amazing what you can do with an automobile. And the inside, you had to really just smell it in order <laughs> to appreciate it. <laughs> what the poor person had abused the car. And we put some tires on it, we fixed up the wheels, put a few hubcaps, and what was actually a diamond in the rough and now i i really could have kept the car if except i had another driver because i was still in the car business so on today's show i would love to hear your version of when did you find that diamond in the rough we've talked before in the show when you bought something that looked good but turned out to be bad but how about the time <laughs> when it looked bad and it turned out to be good call us 866 348 Eight eight four eight six six three four. truth By the way, it doesn't have to be a car. Maybe it was a person like Aladdin. He was the diamond in the rough, right? Call us with your diamond in the rough story. But also, obviously, so today we have Jerry, our good friend Jerry from Race Body Shop here with us. What are some must-dos? What? How can you turn a car <laughs> into that diamond in the rough? Something that you can turn and make a lot of money or if you're trying to get your car ready to sell yourself what do you do you know there's you know the simple things like you said a lot of it is 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 very inexpensive and the payback is huge and and you know it's kind of neat that you're even having this 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 is the the topic as far as the diamond in the rough and reconditioning and taking care of your vehicle because it's the time of year that you know what i always encourage people to spend some time on their their car moving from winter with all the, the salt on the roads and the abuse that it takes going into the spring and summer, it's a perfect time to, to do some reconditioning and loving on your vehicle. Because also there's 
in this part of the world, you've got the pollinization going on and the sapping of your car. Absolutely. And so all those things are very important. So we're going to get into all that, but then we have a lot of cool stuff in today's show. You're going to be so glad you tune in. At the bottom of the hour, your vehicle is talking, but are you listening? We have Jennifer Prescott <laughs> with Ford's. She's one of their engineers that works with the audio features on the new Fords and how they talk to you. So we're going to hear a lot about that. Robert, you remember the uh, back when GM came out? What was it? The mid-80s with the car? Yeah. <laughs> it, it had lots of messages. Yeah. And I've got story on top of story. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you do, too. <laughs> Can you unplug that thing? <laughs> and then coming up at the end of the show, you know, normally we have our appraisal by the Real Black Book, but we have something special for you today on the Christian Car Guy Show. A very, very special treat. The, the first edition of Christian Car Guy Theater of the Mind. Yes, featuring <laughs> today's Theater of the Mind. Theater of the Mind, <laughs> and it's going to be happening in the last episode. The, the last segment today and today's episode is Sammy, the Lazy Starter. And we're headed to some punishing waters, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> You'll be excited to. Yeah, yeah it's happening. It's, it's the right way, here. It's the way I roll. That's E Y E R O L. That's the way I So, the Christian Car Guys show is bringing the kingdom of God through an automotive platform. And on this show, we talk about things like grace car driving and not speeding. We also talk about how to take care of your car. Of course, today we're going to be sharing how do you take that car from the old beater to the diamond in the rough. But we always need your stories. It's a live show. And I bet you bought a car that looked so horrible, but it ended up to be just the car of cars, the one that you'll always remember. That's the story we want to hear today. When did you find the diamond in the rough? 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. We would love to hear about that car that you thought, oh, man. Or maybe it was handed down to you and you thought, Man, that's the last thing I want. But when you got it, man, that that car rode in the drove in the your driveway, and your wife walked out and said, "What have you done? <laughs> what is that?" Well, getting right to these eleven uh, issues of what you want to do, Jerry. You know, one of the very first things we have on there, obviously, is to wash this car. <laughs> Good place to start. <laughs> and just as an old car washer, because you know. My father was a car dealer before me, and so he had me out there chamois in hand when I was about 11. And, you know, there's a few tips along the way that we want to share about washing a car. This may seem simple, but you can really hurt your car by washing it wrong. And one of the things that I learned is you always start on the top surfaces. You, now, why would you do that, Robbie? Because the bottom of the car is covered with all sorts of nasty stuff that if you bring that up to the top, you'll scratch those things that look the best. And so whether you're, and you always start off with water, just pure clean water so you get it wet because you don't want to be messing with paint when it's dry. So you'd start off by wetting those upper surfaces plus the water drips down. You know, you're saving water to, to whatever extent, especially if you're out there in California today. <laughs> you want to make sure you do that. But even then when you begin to soap it down with a good soapy and just a real, you know, I just Lux liquid or, you know, some dishwasher light, light detergent. Not Ajax or Comet. <laughs> you would be amazed how many people come in. I mean, I washed my car and really cleaned it up good. And I mean, it did have a, a gloss to it, but now it doesn't look as glossy. What happened? What'd you wash it with? Yeah. So by all means, you, you start off getting it wet, then a very, very light detergent. 
Again, nothing. Dishwasher detergent's absolutely fine in my, and a nothing like a soapy mitt. You know, something that's soft. Because again, this paint, it, it, it's it's sensitive, and it it does not like you know hard coarse stuff being rubbed all over it very hard. You know, it's just one of those things. But you start off on the top on the roof, and you work your way down. Of course, saving your mitt for the you know the the rocker panels and stuff where all the real grime is until the end. And of course, you never 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 are going to use that mitt on a tire or a wheel and then bring it up to the top please for goodness sake <laughs> i would cringe in my chamois <laughs> ringer <laughs> it's one of those things jerry yeah you know and, and we're talking about the the finish of the vehicle the paint and stuff another thing as you mentioned that the sap on a car you know anything any foreign substance on your vehicle the best thing you can do is get it off immediately you know, sap with soapy water will come off of a vehicle relatively easy within 24, 48 hours. 48 days later trying to get that off is a whole different story. I mean, you know, just do it do it as quick as you can. And, and especially this time of the year, bird droppings. You know, that nice purple bird dropping on there because it's uh, yeah, and, and I think berries. And, a lot of folks don't realize that, that as the car heats up in the summer sun or whatever, you know, even in the winter sun, and it cools off. It heats up and it cools off. So the surface of the metal is expanding and decreasing almost like the skin on your body. So it has to it has to have pores in it. And so, you know, here's this bird dropping or whatever on it. And now it heats up and it actually opens up the paint. And now this stuff gets down inside the lamination. And, and that that's heavy in acid. So it etches it into there. And another thing we're talking about, I said, don't use Ajax. <laughs> it, it's amazing i mean this is another thing that especially this time of year once a week or so somebody comes down with these spots all over the car where they're taking a brillo pad or one of the oh the, the scotch brights that you use to scrub your pans to clean off oh don't even do that on a bird dropping maybe and, on a tire yeah, but maybe oh on my tire. word not on the not on the surface of the car anyway but you see this gets back to why we want a good wax in there because if once you've cleaned it, completely cleaned it, got rid of all the foreign stuff that's on it, if you'll put a wax on it, you see as that wax gets hot in the sun, guess what it does? It fills in the pores. It melts down into the paint so that then, you know, when it cools off, you know, it's protecting things that would come down on top of the wax. It's not going to get down inside the paint. Of course, we've got a lot more of our 11 things, but Jerry, I'm really disappointed that no one's called in yet yeah, with their, just, I know they bought I, a I diamond in the rough. No, thinking it, about dialing right now. Go it was Old it. Faithful, 866-348-7884. We need your story. It makes the show. 866-348-7884. Come be the first on your block to meet his eye. Make way, here he comes, ring bells, bang the drum. Are you gonna love this guy? Prince Ali, fabulous he, Ali Ababwa. Can you flex, show some respect down on one knee? The diamond in the rough. Oh, if you can find one of those, it's a treasure. Whether it's a car or maybe another person, we would love to hear your diamond in the rough story. 866-348-7884 is the number to call in today on the Christian Car Guy Show. I'm the host, Robbie Dillmore, and we got Jerry Mathis, our Christian body shop guy here with Ray's Body Shop with us today. And we're not only talking about 
your diamond in the rough stories, but how can we take your diamond and get it out of the rough, so to speak? And again, I just um, am excited to hear, and I see the phone lighting up now that somebody's got a diamond in the rough story for us, but keeping on this whole idea of cleaning the car, a big part of a car when you really detail and if you're going to sell a car, are the wheels and tires. And I see people that they, they buy some stuff, tire dressing, and man, Jerry, it's almost embarrassing. They'll pour that stuff on. They don't realize that a good old tire brush and some soap and water will take you a long way. <laughs> Just plain soap. You don't have to get fancy. Uh, soap and water and a good tire brush, not something you're going to use on the finish of the car, but a brush for the tires is the way to do that thing. Oh, absolutely. You know, the bad thing about some of the tire dressing people really just really just pile it on and then they get in there and they drive it up. You know, they, you see them out of the car washes and they do that and they're just mopping it on there and they go up the road and it slings that stuff all up the side of their vehicle. And you know, that, that's another creates another problem. But you know what? Most of the time, just with anything with your vehicle, interior, exterior tires, wheels, glass, whatever it is, a little bit of yeah, manpower, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit of work and, and just a little bit of uh, energy into it and do some, don't necessarily have to buy it off the shelf. All right. We got Sandy in North Carolina. She's got a diamond story for us. Sandy, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Well, top of the morning to you, too. I'm excited to hear this. <laughs> this is so funny. I still love my car. This was a 1966 Buick Wildcat. Oh, man. And no wonder you love it. <laughs> she, oh, she was gorgeous. She was a supposed to be a pretty silver car. and Lord have mercy, she was just as dull as the pavement I'm riding on right now. <laughs> and she, but that car was one tough car. She had an engine that was unbelievable. Uh, being that she was a wildcat, I named her Bathsheba. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know, but she fits the name, or she did fit the name. Well, she, no, she lived up to it, actually. Uh, I had her for probably five or six years. And that car was like a Timex watch. She ran, and she ran, and she ran. And my husband's car just kind of had problems here and there. And I was like, I told you, I told you, I don't <laughs> buy foreign cars. I like my American ones. And she kept trucking along. So old Bathsheba, you know, had black interior, and it was plastic. It was not leather. And hot, oh, my goodness. Oh, so man, I, I'm picturing but, you know, that. She never quit. And you were talking about you know, putting waxes and finishes on cars. <laughs> it would take some oil of Olay to get her back to her silver color. But she was the best car. I mean, got great gas mileage. And even my dad said how amazing that car was. But after about six or seven years, it was time to retire her. And the guy that used to, you know, work on her as far as, you know, changing tires and stuff like that said, can, can I maybe buy her from you? And I said, yeah, sure. I thought I just wanted to go to a good home. He's, he told me later, he said, thank you for that car. He said, Bathsheba <laughs> has won me more races. I said, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> he took her somewhere, <laughs> somewhere down in Florida. He would race her. And I said, you've got to be kidding. He said, no. He said, and she can take them all. And he said, I still have the name Bathsheba. <laughs> ah, it's kind of like the reverse Chitty Chitty Bang Bang story. It's <laughs> <laughs> not quite it. Really, that was the best car I think I've ever had in my life. And, and do you see what, isn't it fascinating that sometimes appearances are far from what's down underneath? 
Um, oh, yeah. That, that yeah. we see on the outside, but what is in the inside, what was designed to be a wildcat, was always <laughs> a wildcat. Thank you so much, Sandy. That's exactly what I was looking for. God bless you. I appreciate so much Thank you. you calling in with that. You gotta love that name, <laughs> She was a wildcat, but that brings up another thing that I know you would speak to: is that silver and gray cars they delaminate a lot. It's hard to keep that flake uh, in the paint. It goes back to keeping it waxed and stuff. You know, now once it gets to that point, there's no point of return to to a certain extent. But you know, just it's maintenance before it gets there, just taking care and and of it, keeping waxed on it, keeping it cleaned. Because that, that silver, those high metallic colors and pearl colors can really, you know, the sun just, just takes it out of it. And then there's, you know, we're moving along on our steps to getting this car to where it's a diamond in the rough. Headlight covers, wow. It's an issue not only for the way they look, but they can be dangerous because it starts to deflect your headlights and you can't see the way that you should. And, Jerry, there's lots of interesting ways to handle that. What do you, you know, you're the guy. How do we fix those See, headlight think, covers? You know, you can, you can buy all these kits and everything, but if you just get some, some real fine, not very aggressive rubbing compound and just, just rub them and put some wax on it. If you want to, if you get a car that doesn't have headlight problems, that's what it is. It's plastic covers and that heat just causes, you know, just. It they just, start to yellow. Yeah. One thing you can do to, to prolong the life of that and not have that problem, start, start every time you get a chance, put wax on your headlights. It'll, it'll prolong the life of the headlight, but you know, and it doesn't take much because it, when you start having that, that when it starts having 20, 30, 40% less light coming out of it, you know, it's, it's not just a, it just doesn't just look ugly. It's a safety hazard. It's a safety issue. Right. And, and just as he says, a light rubbing compound, essentially when you're buying the kits, guess what you're buying? Yeah. <laughs> you're, for the most part, you're buying a light rubbing compound. So there you go. Now, when it comes to cleaning the interiors, you know, I don't know if you know that some of the pros, what they actually do is they will literally, you know, if they're pretty good mechanically, not, you know, awesome or whatever, they'll actually take the seats out of the car and go to a pressure washer and clean the seats with a pressure washer and let them sit out in the sun and dry. It's not an all bad idea as long as you're not, you know, pressure washing the fabric off the car. <laughs> but we got so much more in as far as cleaning tips, but even better than that, these talking cars we told you about that Ford's going to be on with us. Are you, are you listening to your car? We got Jennifer Prescott with Ford coming up here in just a minute. We got so much more, even Sammy Starter. Oh, stay tuned. So much Christian <laughs> Car Guy show coming up. Come be the first on your block to meet his eye. Make way, here he comes, ring bells, bang the drum. Are you gonna love this guy? Prince Ali, fabulous he, Ali Ababwa. Can you flex, show some respect down on one knee? I have flashbacks from uh, my daughter growing up on Saturdays. <laughs> Seek ye out the diamond in the rough. That's what we're talking about today on the Christian Car Guy. How do you find that precious diamond in the rough, the car that maybe everybody else rejected but turned out to be the best car ever? And what do you do with it once you've got it? That's what we're talking about. But along those lines, we're very excited today because we have a very special guest. 
your vehicle is talking to you, but the question is, are you listening? So maybe your diamond in the rough has got one of those old <laughs> systems where it talks to you. Maybe you remember the show My Mother the Car. Back from, I used to I I think I still have the theme music to that. Jerry Van Dyke. <laughs> and, and she certainly was talking to you, but Jennifer Prescott with Ford, she works on that kind of thing all day, every day. Jennifer, welcome to the Christian Car Guy Show. Thanks for having me. How exciting. Tell us about your job. Well, I uh, I actually um, own three attributes for Ford Motor Company, and one of them is the chime sound. So it's the communication as far as what's going on, what kind of signals we can give you in an audible sense. And I also work on haptic feel and the interior illumination. But today we're talking about the chimes and the sounds, yes? Yes, yes, and I can tell you that many a battery has extended its life because of those chimes. <laughs> so as, as an engineer and you're sitting there going, now how can I create something that's so obnoxious that people don't get out of their car without leaving their lights on? Is that kind of what the idea is? Well, we do both. So there are gentle reminders that are informational, and those are meant to not annoy you, but just give you a signal. If you drive a Ford, you'll recognize the da-da-da. something's going on but it's no emergency right and then there's other signals where we really want your attention and we do that by making them a higher frequency louder um have them cut through some of the other ambient noises so ford collision is this 1500 hertz piercing you know supposed to stimulate someone sitting next to you going ah (laughs) really yeah, so we, how we pick the uh, the tone, and um, we'll even take the same notes and make them sharper and faster if we're trying to escalate to get your attention. Um, it's really based on what the usage is, how we're trying to alert you. Because, you know, we tend to ignore a lot of sounds in our lives. If you go pay attention in any store, every time, you know, they hit the button and this and that, and everything beeps, and you tend to tune them out and not listen after a while. So oh, my wife sounds. would so agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to change your tone and your frequency to get her to listen. <laughs> you know, it's me that has, has struggles with the toning out. But any, no, go ahead. <laughs> so, so we design the different tones. Sometimes they're rising, sometimes they're falling. So they communicate to you without having to literally have have the sync voice come on and say, hey, buddy, you're going to back into something, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you get that real deep. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So is is our listeners, you know, some of them are obviously familiar, or all of us are probably familiar with the the headlight chime and those things, but what are some of the newer sounds that Ford has got in their cars today that they may not be aware of, like, uh, you know, blind spot awareness and that kind of thing? Um. As we add technology, if you look at how our vehicles are operating and the new features that come on, you know, we're kind of moving towards that automated driving where we have more and more aids. And so every time we add a new feature, we need a unique sound. Because if it already sounds like your headlights are on, then you're confused. You know, I know that sound. My headlights aren't on. So for cross-traffic alerts, um, you know, uh, lane keeper, we have to have a unique sound that's appropriate for what's what the function is. Um, sometimes we'll have two sounds associated with one feature based on how much we need to get your attention. You know, 
years ago, if you wanted to open the lift gate in your SUV, you just kind of got out of the car, walked over, pulled the handle, and put it up, right? Yeah. Now you can activate it from a key fob or a button on your instrument panel. So to keep that silent would would mean that if there is somebody back there and you don't realize that when you hit that button, you know, they're not going to get much of a warning. So we have a tone for the lift gate that is, uh, hey, I'm coming down, which is just kind of a, you know, the general da-da-da sound in the back, you know, the rear speakers. But then we also have uh, something's wrong, something's jammed, I'm sensing well, a problem, it's more of a da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> not to interrupt you, but for a second, because, you know, I have Jerry here, one of my Christian body shop guy, and I know he's bitterly disappointed that, because you have no idea how many people's tailgates go up on their garage door opener. And, and how many of those have you fixed over oh. the years, Jerry? And here they are trying to protect the consumer yeah. from, from, from needing your, your services. Because yeah. that is a great idea. I have no idea how many Dodge fans I've seen over the years that the tailgate was just whacked because <laughs> they, they put it up while the, the, the you know, garage door was coming down. You get stuff out of it and leave it up and then try to pull into the garage. It's just. You know, you guys must have the better idea. Did you ever think about coming out with a slogan like that, Jennifer? Like a light bulb <laughs> thinking. <laughs> Actually, I can tell you that we also have adjustable height on our lift gates. If you buy a power lift gate from Ford, you can program it. So based on how tall your, your normal parking area is or how, how short perhaps the, the driver is, it won't go all the way up it will go to a preset oh, wow. uh, height you know yeah, the I, ba- you know that's for the consumer that's a great idea for the body shops throughout america <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> so <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> well jennifer can we peek under the curtain just a minute because you know i always love to get engineers on because you guys get to see what's coming at us and i know you can't spill all the beans but what is coming that just man you you're excited about that when people see this is going to blow our minds Oh, this is always dangerous to answer because I want to tell you things that I can't. <laughs> oh, go ahead. We won't tell anyone. Uh, there'll be somebody that might kill <laughs> her. Nobody's listening. Could be is bad, that what yeah. you're saying? <laughs> um, well, I have one coming out that I that, that's already in the media, so I, I think I'm safe to talk about this. Is uh, the new Continental that was just revealed? Uh huh. It has electronic latches. There's no mechanical pieces in the door, so. You know, normally when you lock, if you're sitting in your car and you hit the lock button, you hear that ka-chunk as it locks, and that's your audible feedback. You don't need anything else. We're all used to it. Well, now that this is all kind of a push button, um, it just turns the signal on or off, it's silent, which we kind of thought, well, we're trying to get towards less chimes, less noise, less, you know, make it a silent cabin kind of thing. But then, of course, now no one knows the door's locked. (laughs) Yeah, I, I saw that one coming. <laughs> the locksmiths of this world were now are getting very excited. Right. Yeah. So I actually had to go out and do a clinic, and we tried different sounds. We tried, you know, recorded clunking sounds to simulate that door lock that we're all used to, which everyone said, okay, that's intuitive, right, versus some other kind of more pleasant sounds, because this isn't a warning. This is just more of a, yes, you've, you've done what you've asked for. We even thought maybe it would be an electronic one like we use on the touchpad, you know, to say, yes, you made contact. But in the end, came up with one that we think makes sense, and I don't think I'm supposed to describe it exactly, but I'll say it's more of a elevator door kind of experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how, how that cool. one goes over. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the Lincoln kind of thing, you know, where you, you get that experience 
of the you, you guys that is really cool what a neat job jennifer god bless you we appreciate what you're doing Helping out the consumers. Jerry's going to, you know, he's going to go crying. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> There's you, enough other drivers out there. I think we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, you have a great Saturday. Thank you so much for calling in today. All right. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Bye-bye. Oh, man, there's a lot of fun stuff going on when you're looking for a diamond in the rough and you're listening to cars. But I do have to just share with you that coming out of the next break, you're going to hear some real talking cars. These talking car parts. Even with all sorts of different voices in Sammy the Starter, the Christian Car Guy Theater's first installment is pretty exciting. Theater of the what? The Theater of the Mind. (laughs) (laughs) Theater of the Mind. But getting back, we got to get these people's diamonds up to to speed. We just got through the cleaning the headlights part. We were talking about cleaning the hood and the trunk. There's another... Warning, warning, Will Robinson. I, so many people just take it themselves as pressure washer and they think they're going to go clean the engine. For goodness sakes, for goodness sakes, for goodness sakes, don't do that. <laughs> I, 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 you know, this one won't help Jerry, but it would certainly help a lot of mechanics around. Well, you know what? It does help me because you would be amazed how many cars in quarter car washes where they've opened that hood and steamed it out that we have to go tow them to a shop somewhere. <laughs> we have a towing business also. <laughs> Yeah, there you go, because there are so many electrical things under there that when you go hitting it with that power washer, what you unplug, what you get moisture in, it, it just never was meant <clears throat> to be a power wash environment. <laughs> There's some nice, you know, degreaser that you apply on the rag before you actually wipe off the component, you know, rather than and some people just throw degreaser all over the engine. Now we got that in our wiring. You know, there's all sorts of little things when we come back you're going to hear the talking car this i'm so excited about this i had so much fun doing christian car guy theater it's theater of the mind and it's coming up right now on a christian car guy right on right after these very important messages and now time for christian car guy theater with today's story sammy the lazy starter Heading towards Beaver Brook, the Jeep Wrangler was perilously navigating the mountain terrain. The rain pouring down meant flash floods in these parts. Gully washer is what they call it. The rain on the soft top popped like you were in a jiffy pop popcorn bag. The Jeep groaned and whined in four-wheel drive low gear at no more than two miles an hour as the windshield wipers were no match for the downpour. It was a slippery, treacherous mountain road for sure, and to add to the adventure, you could hardly see. Under the hood, there was quite a rumble, arguing, even firing off at one another, comparing who was the most important under the hood. Cameron the camshaft lobbed his complaint. If I don't give that pushy Peter pushrod a lift every millisecond, nobody around here is going to get to run on time. Plus, I do my rounds every moment we're running. Never a break. Not like that lazy Sammy starter. He does his thing, and he's done. You guys would never have the power you have without my lift. Cranky old Kramer crankshaft bellowed back. Are you kidding me? If you want a top lift, your little pick squeep lobes ain't nothing to my Preston piston pushing action. Why, if I go, the whole engine seizes. I crank out more work than anyone, especially Sammy. His cranks are just for starters. I'm the main course around here. While the bickering went on under the hood, the Jeep made its way back to the bank of the Beaver Brook. Jimmy, the Jeep driver, swung the soft top door open to see the depth of the brook since he couldn't see through the windshield. 
It looked safe enough, no more than six inches or so. Jimmy's focus was what if he could make it home that night, totally removed from the dispute under the hood. Hey, man, you need to stop blowing smoke, puffed Eduardo exhaust pipe. Let me share my manifold wisdom with you. Sammy spins his wheels for a few seconds, and he's escape, man. Exhausted. It's siesta time for Sammy. It's always siesta time for Sammy. <laughs> you boys been hanging out in the hood so much, you got it pulled over your eyes. If you're talking firepower, no one moves around here without a little ignition. Without the arc of my spark, y'all would be forced to park. I can fire away all day, not lay on the hay like Sammy's starter, hey. So sputtered Spider, the spark plug. Sammy can run rings around y'all, defended Penelope Piston. Why you boys stop fuming before you blow a gasket? Arnold Alternator appeared shocked by all this as he responded with his snooty charges. Obviously, you ruffians aren't wired for real work. You have no idea how to conduct yourselves. You, Spider, would have no firepower if it weren't for my flow of power. I believe I have grounds for being far above all of you, especially Sammy's daughter. He never keeps plugging away like the rest of us. Those words were hardly out of Arnold's mouth when the water came crashing through the grill. Cool it! cried Randy Radiator as the water poured through Randy and filling the whole engine compartment. I think we're hosed, dudes! Looks like the whole reservoir is coming our way. Meanwhile, now, Jimmy was feeling the water soaking his shoes and socks as it filled the floorboards of the Jeep. Jimmy gripped the wheel and tried to urge it forward. The second rush of water came down the brook like a wall. The sound of the rain was drowned out by the sound of wild river rapids. Again, the water poured through the grill, this time making its way to Ida intake. Before she knew what was happening, she took a big swallow. I'm choking! I'm choking! She cried as the water drowned out the engine, stalling it for good. With the next wave, Jimmy knew he had only moments till the brook would be a death trap. More water coming and Sugar Falls less than an eighth mile away. With the engine stalled, water pouring in every side, Jimmy wondered, should he stay belted in and drown or try to swim for it before he made the fall? Over 300 feet straight down to Beaver Valley. That's when his daddy's words came through the noise and fear. Pray, don't panic. Jimmy's faith was stirred and he simply prayed, Lord, help me, I don't know what to do. No sooner did the prayer come out of his mouth than he remembered, since this is a manual transmission, my Jeep will pull forward just using the starter. Jimmy pulled it down into Granny Low, took his foot off the clutch and turned the key. Wah, 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 wah. It was moving. In spite of all this negativity, Bernie Battery remained positive. This was certainly the acid test he had trained for all his life. We're in a war till we're discharged, he cried. Sammy the starter was screaming, having been grounded and coiled for this kind of action, yet never having this kind of brush with death. Womp, womp, womp. He kept turning with all he had. Bernie the battery was shocking the whole group with his energy when Sammy seemed to be waning. Womp, womp, womp. Was this all he had? Just then, something turned. Eduardo Exhaust started shouting. Come on, Sammy, man, you can do it. Followed by Cameron Crankshaft. Come on, Sammy. You're no amateur armature. Then the whole engine compartment started to chant. Crank it, Sammy. Crank it, Sammy. Crank it, Sammy. Crank it, Sammy. Jimmy yelled, just another couple feet and we'll be up on the hill. Bernie and Sammy gave the last boost and the Jeep lurched up onto the hillside, escaping the oncoming eight-foot wall of water. We did it, Sammy yelled. No, we didn't do it, Sammy. 
Arnold protested. You did it. You and Bernie. The rest of us were useless once the engine stopped. Sammy smiled and said, I know what you mean. That's what I always thought. It was really hard back then when I was doing nothing. I was idling and you guys were doing all the work. Then, the one that designed us, the great engineer, came to me when I was totally discouraged and I felt like I deserved the lazy names I was taunted with. He shared how we each had his amazing ingenuity, designed and locked deep inside us. And one day, he would call on me to do something miraculous, something that only I could do because I had a little piece of him inside me, something that no one else had. He knew I could contribute that which no one else could as long as I reflected him, his love his strength, and his design. Then my time came. He told me he'd been preparing me all my life to reflect his marvelous design. Yet the coolest thing the great engineer told me was that alone, I wouldn't be all he designed. He told me that I would need all of you and all of your hopes and prayers and talents. He explained that the glorious beauty of his design would begin to take shape only when all of us reflected our special part. Then it would explode into a glory unimaginable when we could see what he, the great engineer, designed in each of us. So when I began to see what each of you could do, the thing that he designed, then I quit looking to compare myself with you, but saw the great engineer I love, I saw his reflection in you. Then pure joy came when I turned back to the great engineer to understand my role and not try to be one of you guys. The moment you guys started to cheer for me, I felt him, the great engineer, he was smiling down as his design saved Jimmy. Sammy explained as he smiled and spun one more time further up the hill. There you go, the first <laughs> installment of Christian Carguy Theater. Brought to you <laughs> in a part. A cast of characters. <laughs> yeah, well, I had a blast, as you might imagine, Jerry, doing those different voices, because it's, it's just a lot of fun. And But I think the, the, the story illustrates a, a very important thing that I've come to learn myself, that if I begin to look around to compare myself rather than look up, then I'm, I'm messing up. That's not where your identity is. Absolutely. You know, and it's easy to look around because it's, you know, the human side of us wants to find somebody who is a little below us or doesn't do, has a little more sin than we do. So it makes us feel better. Yeah. And, and it, unfortunately, some, some know I teach special needs Sunday school. And we had a young man that actually was in a wheelchair and he was really, really, um, really confined. And his name was Joshua. He went to be with the Lord this week. But what a thing he taught me. Even though he couldn't communicate with words, uh, Joshua had a way of teaching me things that only Joshua could teach me. And it's, it's a precious thing, like Sammy Starter. You may not think that that person can contribute, but they are the diamond in the rough. The, the, the one that makes all the difference. Well, we want to thank you for listening to the Christian Car Guy Show. Next week, we're going to be live from Heritage Woods and Assisted Living Center. We're going to be doing a lot of things about how to transition into that part of driving. So we're looking forward to that. And this week, how about going out there and looking for that seek ye first the diamond in the rock. <laughs> and remember, you know, that, that you know, in God's eyes, God sees the diamond in every one of us. 